A little over an hour, President Trump's going to give his second, second State of the Union speech to tens of millions of people. It will be the biggest audience ever. Tonight's State of the Union is going to be the subject of tonight's point of view. Now, a couple of things I'd like to hear from our president tonight is really, number one, just a vision, like an inspirational vision for our nation. Where are we right now? But also start to take us out into the future and show us where we're headed, especially in light of some of the new recent news headlines. I think it's so critical for him to lay out where we're going as a nation and maybe then most importantly, not just where we're going, but what exactly does this vision that he's going to, I hope, lay out tonight mean for you, your family? What's it going to mean for your dinner table, your pocketbook, and of course, your safety and security? I bring all this up because it seems right now that we're becoming more and more the divided states of America rather than the United States of America. And I want to look at just a couple examples of why I say that tonight. Right now, this is stunning to me, folks. And you may agree, disagree with what I say here, but right now we as a nation, we're actually talking about with a straight face about, yeah, you know, maybe this infanticide thing, at least in New York and Virginia, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a, a probability. I mean, that is so barbaric. If you think about barbaric civilizations, that's infanticide. You know, we've got people like the Virginia governor talking about it like it's jaywalking. To me, stunning. Then we've got this economic civil war going on, whether uh, where the Democrats, I should say, would like to see us be the next Venezuela or the United Socialist States of America. And they want to do that by taxing the rich at that 70, 80, 90 percent rate. And of course, a lot of people in the lower middle class think, yeah, this great, look, take it to the rich. They deserve to be taxed. I want more of their money, you know, confiscated, taxed. But you got to be careful here. Even the governor of New York, uber-liberal New York, even Governor Cuomo recently said, hey guys, if you tax the rich, we, we run out of revenue. They all leave. We have no more revenue coming in. So tonight, be looking for that kind of conversation about where are we headed, what does ultimately ultimately mean to you and your family, and how do we really restore ourselves as the United States of America, not the divided States of America. Then a little bit lighter note, one of the things I'm looking forward to watching tonight is watching Speaker Pelosi over, I don't know which shoulder it's going to be, but one of the shoulders of President Trump. Because you may remember last year you had Speaker Ryan, Vice President Pence, you know, all smiles and cheers, of course. But may remember this, even last year, President Trump talked about the lowest unemployment rate ever for black Americans. And even the Democrats from the, from the Black Caucus sat on their hands, didn't applause for that line. So I'm going to be interested to see if President Trump kind of pokes Pelosi a little bit. No one's just going to be on screen the whole time. He's going to maybe say some bipartisan cheer lines, and we'll see if, if uh, Speaker Pelosi shows some bipartisanship, maybe smiles, claps at some of those lines, or if she sits on her hands, you know, stoned face. Of course, one of the things you can expect tonight to hear from President Trump is going to be about your safety and security, the crisis at our southern border, and look for President Trump to really lay out why he says he feels we need some sort of wall or barrier at the southern border. you got drugs coming across the border. Heck, a major heroin bust just in our community uh, yesterday. You know, the human trafficking, the other issues that are impacting our safety and security in our border. But here's the thing. The sell tonight, the sell job that President Trump is going to make might be a little bit tougher than you think. According to the most recent Gallup poll, 60% of Americans 
poll, they oppose, they oppose new construction of a border wall. Um, that number is actually up, up a few points from July. Then now you also have 81%, 81% of the people polled, they support a path to citizenship, not just legal status, but citizenship for immigrants that are here illegally. That was a pretty stunning stat to me. And then 21% of Americans say immigration is the single, single most important problem facing our nation today. A couple interesting things to note about that 21% mark saying that immigration is the most important problem. That makes it the number one most important problem. That's the highest ranking number, or I should say the second highest number in the 80-year history of the Gallup poll asking that question, excuse me, about the biggest problem facing our nation. So that 21% mark, very, very high mark, but clearly you can see there's different ways that people perceive that problem. And I think that's why you see Speaker Pelosi was so rigid in the last negotiation where she says, look, I'm not budging at all. Many people thought that, uh, you know, President Trump or the Republicans folded. So I think she feels like she's got some pretty good cards to hold here, which while you may start to even see a lot of Republicans get weak in the knees as President Trump sort of lays out this plan, start to talk about a possible national emergency. And in fact, yesterday, Senator Lindsey Graham said this. But there could be a war within the Republican Party over the wall. That was a little bit hard to hear, but he said there could be a war within the Republican Party over the wall. So even though President Trump right now, 48% approval rating, you know, historic numbers for a president where he's at today, President Trump elected in large part because of his immigration stance. And even though all this stuff is a big reason, meaning immigration is a big reason why Mitch McConnell is now still the Senate majority, majority leader, many of these Republicans I think are still going to get weak in the knees. And I say this because, in fact, it was just last week. Now, President Trump now basically has got two negotiating tools. He can you know, say, hey, I'm going to shut down the government again, which he's probably not going to do. Or I can declare a national emergency to try to get some movement from the Dems in this negotiation that's going on right now to try to fund the rest of the government. So Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell stands up at his presser last week knowing these are the two elements to negotiate with. And here's what he says in his presser. I'm for whatever works, which means avoiding a shutdown and avoiding uh, the president feeling he should declare a national emergency. So he says, I'm for whatever works as long as we avoid a government shutdown and the president doesn't declare a national emergency. <laughs> Way to be a tough negotiator there, Mitch. So anyways, I'd love to know your point of view. What do you want to hear tonight from President Trump at the State of the Union? What are the most important things he should talk about? Special guest that's joining us live via the phone. We really appreciate him taking this time because obviously he's probably in the, even in the House chamber right now or on his way. But Senator Kevin Kramer joins us via the phone. Senator Kramer, always great to have you with us, sir. What's the most important thing you're hoping to hear tonight from President Trump and why? Well, first of all, thanks for the opportunity, Chris. And actually, I'm I mean, just outside the Senate chamber where we'll be gathering soon to go in. But I just wanted to let you know, listening to your monologue, it was interesting because you brought up Venezuela. And uh, Chris and I are just uh, having dinner with some of our good friends, John Thune, Senator of South Dakota, of course, John Hoven, our, my colleague and our, our guest. But then... Uh, Marco Rubio, whose guest is the new um, ambassador to the United States from Venezuela. And, um, you know, you think we have problems until you meet the ambassador from Venezuela. Um, 
what I want to hear the president, I want to hear his, I want to hear him cast that vision that he's talked about so many times about the greatness of America, and and then to sort of outline outline a, a policy agenda that uh, that both Republicans and, and Democrats can rally behind to, to achieve that that agenda. So you know, the president does does hopefulness better than anybody. He is an optimistic guy. He casts big visions. Um, but I, you know, obviously, we all want to hear about about his his ideas on immigration, both legal and illegal. By the way, um, I'm anxious to hear his plans for uh, and his admonition to us to to produce an infrastructure package, because I think that's the unifying theme of the year. If we can get you know get, get charged up about an infrastructure package, there's not a district, a congressional district, or a state in this country that doesn't need and want. New transportation, uh, broadband, uh, pipelines, uh, IT uh, technology infrastructure, ports and and waterways. There's a lot to be done that we can get behind together. And and I'd love to to hear his ideas about that. And I'm I'm anxious to hear him talk about the cost of health care and prescription drugs. You know, he's done some things, Chris, on that that previous presidents haven't done, that, that, that the Congress has not been able to get done. And I do hope he spent some time reminding us of, of the kind of year that the last couple of years have, have been and, and the, the good progress we've made in this rocket ship economy. Um, we don't we oftentimes don't celebrate our successes enough. And I think that's a good place to start. Senator, I got to ask you this, just because obviously the big conversation has been immigration. And, and I played some sound bites here from Senator Lindsey Graham saying there's going to be a war within the GOP. Then you've got Senator Mitch McConnell going, hey, we don't want to do a shutdown or we don't want to declare a national emergency. One, do you support President Trump declaring a national? I mean, would you get behind him if he, if he did that? Um, and why are the Republicans getting weak in the knees over it? Well, I, you see, when I, I heard you say that, and I, I guess I'm sort of hearing everybody saying the same thing. Um, I don't think the president, I think the president would like to avoid calling and, you know, declaring a national emergency. I think he knows that's not going to be the, the best route. The best route is for this conference committee, which is made up of good people, including our own John Hoven. I just had a long conversation with, with my friend Henry Cuellar, a Democratic House member on that committee. They're confident, uh, Henry's confident that they can come up with uh, you know, compromise that everyone can agree to. And that's the better way to do it. We know a national emergency probably would be disapproved by the House for sure, and good chance it would be disapproved by a majority of the Senate. We'd end up in a veto fight. Nobody wants that. It'll, even if it was successful, it would, it would end up in court and be held up, and we wouldn't get a wall. And, uh, and so, you know, nobody wants that. We all want the government to, to be funded and to function as well as get, um, you know, enhanced security at our border that includes a barrier. So I think everybody's on the same page on that. And I, I think we're going to, frankly, I'm, I'm one of the more optimistic people, but I think we're going to get that done. Um, I, I don't, so with regard to, to, to Mitch, I, I, say, I, I guess I share his hope that we can avoid those two things, like shut down in a, the National Emergency Declaration. But if so, he does it, to your point, if he, if, it, if he can't get the wall built the, the old-fashioned way with congressional um, appropriations, and he declares a national emergency. Um, I will be one that will stand with him because we have to have that. We have to have those barriers. That's an important part of our border security. Our, our, our border protection folks are, are telling us that the customs border protection folks, the border patrol, ICE. I mean, we we know that there's a role for that in the mix of, of tools at the border. And so, yes, I would support his declaration. I would not vote for. Um, uh, resolution of disapproval, but I I can only speak for me, and I can tell you that there'll be others who would. Well, 
I will give you credit for your optimism tonight, sir, because to think that these guys are going to solve something. And, and the Nets Bliss is there until Friday in this conference committee to really come up with some kind of plan, negotiation, because then they've got to obviously write it up, get it out there for a vote. So we'll see. Right. Hopefully you're going to bear out to uh, be true on that one. Last question, sir. I know you met with the AG nominee, Bill Barr, today. What was the most important question you asked him and why? Yeah, yeah there's two really important ones. One, I asked him for a strong commitment to um, operative federalism. You know, we as a state have been... Um, you know, really ignored and, and hurt badly by previous administrations, and to some degree even this one, uh, particularly by our Department of Justice, who, is, who has actually gone to, you know, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals in a case that involved North Dakota and North Dakota's work to intervene in a uh, uh, solid waste case, and um, the DOJ actually advocated against the state of North Dakota and against the current president's uh, policies. Uh, so I asked him for a strong commitment there, as well as I asked him for a strong commitment to, um, you know, to, li to listen more carefully to their clients. And by, by that, what I mean is, um, you know, we have cases like one out in Billings County that, that, that has to do with, um, that has to do with right-of-ways and easements, and, and the state has rights to that, and the uh, USDA attorneys and the DOJ attorneys say we don't, and, um, you know, I'm just, I, I, again, it kind of gets back to my previous point, but, but my concern with DOJ has been that they have consolidated so much litigation authority at the Department of Justice, ignoring the desires and the will and the policies of this president and his cabinet. And uh, I had very strong affirmative uh, answers back from Mr. Barr that, that uh, he agrees with me on those points, that he is going to change the place, and... Uh, I was very, very, very pleased to, to get those answers from him. Senator Kevin Kramer, got to be a special evening to be there for the State of the Union. Enjoy. We appreciate, again, you taking some time in this very, very busy evening. I'm glad it worked out. Let's get together soon. I appreciate it.